Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Advantage Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Peter Gullickson, with my fellow co-host, Jimmy and Cam. And it's a new season. We're excited to get started here. And today we're just going to go over some draft strategy or some, some players that we think are overhyped and underhyped. And, but first, we're going to look at some news. And um, yeah, so how, how have you guys been? How's, this, how's your summer been? Been going well. I'm ready to get back and talking fantasy again. It's been too long, um, so I'm excited for this fantasy football season. I think there's, it has the prospect of being one of the better ones in the last few years. I think there's a lot of depth at every single position, and I'm excited for it to get underway. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, it's good to have some real football back the other day with Miami and uh, Florida teeing up the college football season. In case you missed uh, Youngstown State playing uh, whoever they played, that was a thriller. But uh, college football back, NFL on the way. It's good. It's a good time. Good season. Yeah, we're all just waiting for preseason to be over so we can start doing it. But the good thing about preseason is that when we, that's when we're going to be doing our fancy drafts, and that's what we're going to look at today. Um, and so, what we're going to start off is before we look into that, we're going to do some um, look at some news or talk about some of the recent news. And then we're going to move into our sleepers and overhyped players and then finish off with who we think we're going to take in the top five or who our top five picks are uh, in the draft we were to draft today. So um, first news, what do we got, Jimmy? First news, I mean, I think it's an obvious, it's a talking point. It's what's hot right now. Every time you turn on ESPN, it's the topic being discussed. It's Andrew Luck's sudden retirement. Um, I mean, I'd love to hear what you guys think. Um, fantasy football related, obviously this this hurts all the Colts uh, players' ceilings uh, drastically. Uh, T.Y. drops down in my rankings. Marlon Max impacted. Uh, Eric Ebron, obviously, um, and many other players along with them. But in just terms of football, I think Andrew Luck's coming back. Um, I think he just needs some time away from the game, some breathing room to recoup. Um, and spend some time with his family, but we'll, but for this season, for fantasy football implications, I mean, this hurts, in my opinion, every single Colts player's upside. Wow, so Jimmy, you think he's going to come back? Because I feel like if he did, he, and he didn't go to the Colts, that would be a crazy story. No, yeah, um, I was actually watching an interview uh, today uh, with Matt Hasselback. Uh, he was interviewed on a local radio station in Indianapolis, and uh, he played for the Colts for a couple years, uh, served as Andrew Lux backup and mentor and he seems to think that you know luck is obviously focused right now on taking some time away from football and right now he thinks he's he's never going to play the game again but at the end of the day he's a competitor um and he's going to want to get back out there and i i agree with him and i think matt hasselback probably knows him best out of out of anyone anyone besides maybe his family huh. yeah i uh I mean, firstly, I'd like to say that I just feel bad for Andrew Luck, and I think it's just a sad situation for the NFL as a whole. He's one of the most likable players. Uh, personally, you guys know I've always been a huge Stanford fan. He uh, he was at Stanford basically when I started started following them, and they became my college, favorite college football team. Uh, he's always been one of my favorite players in the NFL, so I was uh, even more sad than other people probably to hear of this news i do hope that he comes back eventually but obviously if, if the right decision for him is to just step aside from football then 
that's good for him as well. Um, but yeah, from a fantasy perspective, uh, I, I think this just this really tanks the entire draft stock of anyone to do with the Colts. Um, their offense probably goes from a top five, top seven offense to probably towards the bottom of the league at this point. That's how good of a player I think Andrew Luck is and how big of an impact he has on that team. Yeah, I agree. And also something, you know, that isn't being discussed as much is really people are overlooking how good this Colts team was. I mean, they were really on the rise in terms of fantasy, but also just in terms of the NFL. I mean, um, look at all the other teams in the AFC. I mean, a lot of the other teams are aging. They're on the down uh, besides the Chiefs and the Colts, uh, honestly. I mean, a lot of their teams, this, this, this could have been a very promising season and future for the Colts. So um, hopefully, you know, Kobe Brissett can step in and fill that hole that obviously Andrew Luck uh, leaves behind. Yeah, obviously sad news from a fantasy perspective, but uh, um, we, it's, we all hope he, he comes back, but it's um, all up to his well-being and what he wants to do. So uh, we're going to move on to the next piece of news. Uh, Lamar Miller tore his ACL in a preseason game, uh, and so they had recently signed Duke Johnson, I think a few weeks back, so I think he's penciled in as the, probably going to be the starter. And so how do you guys think that's going to impact um, – impact the whole team and like what do you think their, the fantasy uh, football impact is uh cam you want to touch on this one first yeah well uh obviously it looks like duke johnson steps in to fill his role but from the outset i'd say we've never seen duke johnson in a starting much of a starting role he's always been sort of that third down receiving back um specifically when he's been with the browns I'm not sure I can envision him being a, an every down running back who's going to, you know, take 20, 25 touches a game. He seems more to be someone that operates in that 10 to 15 touches a game. And he is effective in that role. So we'll just have to see how they, how they want to proceed with that. Um, obviously, the backups for the, uh, for the Texans are going to get a bump up as well. Uh, we can see Ferguson come back and uh, get some touches there. But one thing I would not overlook is the fact that they could easily step outside and, and bring in a free agent running back, someone like a Jay Ajayi, who's, who's been in the league, uh, not signed with the team right now, has proven to be an effective back. Um, so that's definitely something to look out for in the next couple of days. And if that happens um, and they scoop up, you know, a proven guy like JJ is uh, someone that you might want to keep on your radar to add to your roster. Yeah, I agree. And like, and like you said, uh, Cam, Duke Johnson has not been a featured back or a three down back in an offense yet. He's obviously very dynamic uh, in Cleveland, but we still haven't seen uh, that three down um, potential. So uh, Jimmy, do you have anything to say before we move on? Yeah, I was going to say and touch on uh, add to Cam's point about you know keeping an eye on them, maybe going outside the organization and uh, potentially signing another player and making a trade. I think another name to look out for is really Lashawn McCoy. Uh, I think he's an interesting uh, trade prospect uh, for the Texans uh, with the emergence of uh, Devin, Sing- De- Devin Singletary. Uh, Lashawn McCoy may slowly drift out of the uh, Bills' offense, so. I could see him making a move to the Texans and 
you know, again, I don't really see Duke Johnson being that three down back workhorse or um, really being, he, he's kind of a guy that I don't really picture uh, running between the tackles necessarily. He's more of, you know, an outside toss and, and, and just a guy who, who can create speed and um, is pretty electric on the outside, but doesn't really have necessarily the, the body mass or the physicality to, to, to uh, run between, between the guards. Yep. So um, moving on, we're going to go into our sleeper picks segment. In this part, we are going to look at what players we think are getting drafted too late, and we're going to uh, use their ADP, um, which is the average draft position uh, in drafts so far, and we're going to try to find some players that we think you can uh, get a lot of value in later in the drafts. Or, I mean, not necessarily later. You can have some you can have, you can, you can have, it could be an early pick, but um, we think we're, we think it's a good value at that position. So, uh, does someone want to start off with their uh, sleeper pick or one of them? I will, uh, I will start off with one just because I, I see him on my list as well as Jimmy's list. So, uh, seems to be a popular pick uh, with other fantasy experts as well. But that would be Darwin Thompson of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, a guy that probably wasn't on most people's radars to begin the season, but there's been some hype around him uh, this preseason. Um, currently still slotted behind um, behind Damian Williams on the depth chart for the Chiefs. But I did see today that he is um, ahead of Carlos Hyde, which is, which is significant news. Uh, Darwin Thompson is not the biggest guy, but he is strong. He's powerful. Um, and Damian Williams, he showed what he could do last year towards the end of the season. Um, but he, to me, he's not, he's, he's not the most electric runner. You know, anyone who slots into that chief's offense is, uh, is going to be an effective fantasy player, obviously. And if Darwin Thompson can carve out a role for himself in that offense, obviously, uh, you're going to see some massive production from him. And at, at this point, he's uh, he's going off the board pretty deep in the uh, in the ADP. His ADP right now is uh, 132 overall. So you can get him late, you can get him cheap, and uh, I think has a decent uh, decent amount of potential to carve out a, a good fantasy role. Um, yeah, I completely agree with Cam. He was on my uh, sleepers list as well. But I don't necessarily think this is a guy that um, maybe you need to necessarily draft right now unless you're in a deeper league or you may have Damian Williams. Um, I mean, I don't really see him necessarily emerging uh, into that starting role until maybe uh, the middle of the season. Um, you know, earliest, maybe the 6-7 game mark. I mean, this is going to be a slow transition if it, if it does, in fact, happen. It's not going to be something that's going to that's gonna occur uh, first or second game unless uh, there's a terrible injury uh, that, in, that incurs. I mean, they all, they dra- the Chiefs drafted this guy uh, in the sixth round of this past year draft. So, obviously, I liked his talent, and um, there's been a lot of hype, as Cam said. Uh, surrounding Damian Williams. I've seen a lot of different news about how, you know, he's a great blocker. Uh, Andrew Reid um, believes, you know, he can kind of do it all for them. And so I could see him, again, emerging as that starting Chiefs running back and becoming very fantasy relevant. Yeah, definitely a deep sleeper. But um, 
any running back in that Chiefs offense that they have a chance of being the starter could have insane potential and, in fact, league-winning potential. So always a good, deep sleeper, um, so to emphasize. Uh, I'm going to move on to one of my sleeper picks, which is Miles Sanders. I know Jimmy is a little bit likes it too, but uh, first I'll talk about him a little bit. So right now he is battling Jordan Howard for the starting job for, at the, um, for the Philadelphia Eagles. And so uh, he's been doing really well. And in fact, uh, NJ.com Zach Rosenblatt opined that uh, it is becoming increasingly hard to project Sanders as anything less than the team's number one running back. So from a beat reporter, it's coming out that uh, the, that Miles Sanders is looking really good and it seems like he's going to be uh, the starting running back. But, I mean, it's, it's not set in stone, obviously. And Jordan Howard is very proven and was, has done a lot of, a good job in the past with the Bears, et cetera. But Miles Sanders is a rookie, so uh, always a lot of potential there. Uh, his ADP right now is uh, 31st running back off the board. Um, you can get him in the sixth round in 12-team leagues. So uh, good value there and could be just really, really productive because the – the Philadelphia offense is generally pretty good, and uh, he's, his ADP is RB31, and he's a rookie, so he could be just very productive in general. Uh, comparing that to David Montgomery, who is in a similar situation in Chicago, and whose uh, ADP is running back 22, uh, so like they're in a pretty similar situation, but you can, get, uh, you can get Miles Sanders way later, which is I think is very valuable. Uh, and, but something to keep an eye on for Miles Sanders is that he has a lot of he's had fumbling issues in the past, so um, that's never good, especially in the NFL. It's something he's going to have to work on, and because if if you're fumbling a lot, you're just not going to stay on the field. That's that's just what the way the NFL is. Yeah, yeah I completely agree. Go ahead. No, Cam. Cam, go right. No, I was just saying. I just wanted to just make a filler. All you, Cam. All right. Well, I I also agree. Miles Sanders certainly a guy to look out for. Uh, my only concern would be just the fact that the Eagles have used a running back by committee for the last couple of years. But if, if Sanders can emerge as the guy in that offense, I think that's going to be a, a pretty solid offense with, with Wentz coming back. And they have probably the most depth at the skill positions um, out of any team in the league, I'd say. Uh, or they certainly have to be up there. The offensive line is good. Come on, the so, Rams. The Rams have more. Come on. Yeah, they might. Uh, but... Just for the, from the offensive whole, they're one of the best. The offensive line is good. So if he can become the guy, uh, I think he could be uh, certainly one of the better running backs and an every week starter in fantasy. Uh, the next guy I'd move on to is uh, Kalen Bellage of the Miami Dolphins. Um, just got news today that it looks like Kenyon Drake is back and healthy perhaps ready for week one, which uh, obviously hurts anyone who thought Kalen Bellage might head into the season as the starting running back for the Dolphins. But uh, reports are good out of Dolphins camp. He's been cooking people at practice. Uh, he, he runs hard and strong. And, uh, you know, neither Dolphins running back really impressed too much last year. Uh, obviously not a great offense. But uh, Kalen Balage did look did look good when he when he had the opportunities, um, and if and if Kenyon Drake uh, doesn't sort of prove himself as a as a starter, I think there's a good opportunity for Kalen Balage to move into a perhaps a starting position at some point. 
again, I'm not expecting the Dolphins offense to be good. So for him to be productive, he's going to have to probably um, thrive off of a high volume rather than high efficiency. But um, just a guy to keep on your on your radar. Um, currently ADP down at uh, 118, 40 first running back off the off the board. So again, good value um, and a guy to pick up perhaps in the later rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you look at the people that are going around and it's the likes of James Washington, Matt Breida, Geronimo Allison, uh, who I know uh, some of us like the sleeper pick as well, but Deshaun Jackson, Adrian Peterson. I mean, are you, so are you, who are you, are you taking Kalen Balaj over Adrian Peterson? I'm not. Uh, actually, no, I think I will. Actually, never mind. Sorry. I think I would take him over. I think I would take him over just because the potential is there's more potential there. But were you saying something, uh, Cam? No, I think, yeah, just I don't want to get too deep into Adrian Peterson, but they have a, a number of backs there as well with guys and Chris Thompson. But um, yeah, I think I think Kalen Bodge, he he has a chance to be to be uh, a more kind of get more volume than Adrian Peterson if they do kind of go running back by committee in Washington. Do you take Kalen Blage over Shady McCoy? Because that he's take being taken just like a little bit ahead of him. Yeah, that's tough. I, I might still lean LaShawn McCoy, but um we'll have to kind of see it. I, I'm I'm just not sure how far along Singletary has progressed and um Again, that's two offenses that don't project to be all that great. So it really depends on which of those two can can uh, can get the most touches and get the most opportunities to score a touchdown. Um, so I'd like to move on to maybe one of my super picks. That's all right. Um, one of my super picks is D.D. Uh, Westbrook, wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, you know, new coach. Or sorry, not new. You wait. Is do they have, Is John? No, John DeFlippo. He's not a new. He's not a new coach. No, just Johnny a new quarterback. No, yeah, he's not a new coach. Just, just right. No, just new, new quarterback. Yeah. Just new well, quarterback. What? What are you saying? He's the offensive. New offensive coordinator. Yeah, new. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, new offensive coordinator. Yeah. So, you know, they're bringing in a uh, new offensive coordinator, John DeFlippo. Um, I'm excited about uh, him, and you know, this week he told the press uh, that D.D. Westbrook is actually the best route runner uh, that he's ever been around. And uh, my fellow Vikings fans here uh, know that you know John DeFilippo has uh, been around the likes of Thielen, Diggs, and also during his uh, stint in uh, Philadelphia was around Alshon Jeffrey. Um, so, I mean, D.D. Westbrook is obviously among uh, a good wide receiver company there. And then back to the whole new quarterback situation, I'm excited for Nichols. I think he can really ignite this offense. I mean, uh, people are hot and cold on him, but um, I'm pretty excited to see what he can do in that offense. And their defense is going to be uh, absolutely phenomenal this year. I think they're going to have a big bounce back here, uh, adding especially Josh Allen out of Kentucky in, that, in their uh, first round with the seventh overall pick. Um, I'm, excited, I'm excited to see what he can do, and I think that offense is going to be absolutely electric out there. And, you know, D.D. Westbrook uh, impressed at the end of the last season as well. Um, you know, I think he finished off the season with over 10 points in his last few games. 
And I think he really carry that into carry that momentum into this season. Um, and just for you know, compares ADP, uh, he's hovering around the 87th pick at wide receiver uh, 34. Um, he's going at the same time as you know Corey Davis, um, Curtis Samuel, Sammy Watkins, um, and you know I, I picked D.D. Westbrook honestly over all those guys, even though Sammy Watkins is is in that Chiefs offense. Um, he's D.D. Westbrook seems like he's going to be that number one option. Um, and I'm excited to see what he could do this season. I'd like to hear what you guys think too, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, he was super hyped out of high school. Like he was the one of the top um, recruits, and then he just did not have a great time, great job, do a great job in college. But you can see the the potential's always been there. He's a big body, um, a lot of talent, and just to hear his route running super good is, is really encouraging. And I think that he could have a breakout season, especially with new QB um, finally having some, like, the first good wide receivers since Allen Robinson. I don't know. He's not going to be that good, but, like, you know what I mean. Just uh, yeah. I think he could. He has some potential there. Um, so where's his ADP at again? Uh, you know, he, yeah, so he's, he's according to uh, Fantasy Pros, uh, in half PPR, he's hovering around the 87th mark uh, at wide receiver 34. Okay, yeah. So would you take him over like Will Fuller or Josh Gordon or some of those guys? Or are you still – or, yeah, what do you think? Because they're like – they're two guys that are a little bit ahead. Yeah, no, that's um, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd probably still lean Josh Gordon. Uh, I think, you know, with Gronk's absence in that offense, someone's obviously going to have to fill that hole. I think Josh Gordon can do that. Um, Edelman still probably come underneath – Playing that slot role, Josh Gordon's, uh, you know, run the fly patterns, run the the deep posts, uh, and and D.D. Westbrook again, you know, uh, I'm not super familiar with with that offense, but I'm I'm pretty sure primarily uh, he's the slot guy. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that correct? He's the he's like he's, he's more of a not, slot guy. You're talking about D.D. Westbrook? Yeah, D.D. Yeah, D.D. I'm not 100 sure to be honest. I'm not 100 sure on that. So. Uh, Maybe I won't mention that as a point, but uh, I'd still probably take Josh Gordon. I think that you know that Pat's offense is proven. You you have the greatest quarterback of all time uh, behind the wheel there steering. Um, D.D. Westbrook, you know, is in an offense that is a little unproven with a new quarterback, new offensive coordinator. So um, we'll see what happens there. But I'm I'm very excited. I drafted him in in our league that we're all in together. So mm-hmm. I think I think he could explode. Uh, it really turned into, you know, a wide receiver two candidate this year. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree. And just watching their last preseason game, um, Nick Foles looked locked on D.D. Westbrook for pretty much the entire time that that the two of them were out there. Um, so you know, if he emerges as as Foles' favorite target, that obviously bodes well for his uh, for his fantasy production. Um, any, uh, any last sleepers from the two of you? Um, yeah, I actually have two, so I'm going to, I'm going to all run through one of them quick, but, uh, Geronimo Allison is someone I, I think is a sleeper. So he's, uh, penciled in as the slot wide receiver for the Packers this year. And he's obviously been a little pr- pretty productive in the past. Last year he was injured a lot, but, um, he was really good when he was playing and I expect him to be like the number two target for Ro- Aaron Rodgers, And that's, Obviously very valuable considering he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I think that offense uh, is going to uh, be throwing the ball around a lot. And so 
being the wide receiver two for Rodgers means you has a good chance of being, um, I think, a wide receiver two for uh, fantasy. And right now his ADP is wide receiver 47. So that means you can get him in the 10th round in 12-team league, which is just very, very late. And so that's like... I think that's a very good value. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying he's going to be for sure wide receiver too, but he has definitely a very good potential to be that and be a solid player um, in general. And so I think he's a, a, a very good sleeper. And then uh, does anyone have any comment on that or should I just – No, I completely agree. Um, I drafted him in, in actually uh, both my leagues. I think he has the potential to really break out the season even more than he did before his injuries last season. Um. I believe, you know, and Rodgers obviously was had that lingering knee issue, uh, so you didn't really see the uh, full extent of Aaron Rodgers' talent or abilities last year. And I think with a healthy Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, I think Geronimo Ellison could really turn again into uh, that similar role uh, or similar position that I.D. Westbrook is hopefully emerges into that, you know, wide receiver uh, two category. Yeah. I agree. And so, like, I'm just looking at his ADP and some of the guys around him. So, Deshaun Jackson is going at 46th wide receiver off the board. I Deshaun Jackson's all right, but he's, but Jerome Ellison is definitely better than James Washington, Marquez, Valen, Scantling, in my opinion. Um, Corlin Sutton, uh, Manuel Sanders. I'd take, I'd take Jerome Ellison over those guys, I think. Um, well, it'd be interesting <laughs> to see, you know, with Jerome Ellison and Marquez, Valen, Scantling, I, I would imagine one of them will have to, emerge as as rogers second favorite target i just think marcus well they both had good looks last year but yeah what's your i think marcus will have more uh competition with equinemius st brown and so he might not be on the field as much as ron wilson i don't know that i also think that based on what i've seen i think ron wilson is just a little bit better player more reliable um that's just my opinion though and I, i yeah so uh, also, slot receptions uh, are generally more provide more points on average than uh, reception on the outside. But yeah, I don't know. It's I mean I don't hate Marcus Valens I just think I'd take Drama Allison uh, before him, and Drama Allison's going later, so I think it's a better value. Um, anyways, I'll move on to my next sleeper, which is Tony Pollard. So uh, Tony Pollard's getting drafted. Uh, in only about 13% of leagues, and Zeke is currently holding out. So Pollard and Pollard has been killing it in camp. Pollard, yeah, Pollard's the the running back for the Cowboys. I don't think I mentioned that, but he uh, since Zeke is holding out, uh, I think um, Pollard is going to be the number one guy. He's been killing it in camp, killing it in uh, preseason, and he'll be the number one back. So if Zeke continues to hold out the rest of the season, I expect Pollard to be a quality fantasy starter behind that amazing Cowboys O line. Um, so yeah, do you have any comments on that? Yeah, I mean, we we heard we've heard uh, uh, Jerry Jones talk about Polar or Tony, and uh, he's pretty excited. I mean, we heard his comments about Zeke, who's Zeke, right after after Polar's oh, yeah. uh, explosive performance in that in that preseason game. So, I mean, if I expect Zeke probably to hold out maybe three or four games, um, you know, and so we'll see what happens and. I mean, when he returns, Zeke has that role locked down. But uh, especially if you're a Zeke owner, you should go out and, and get Pollard. Yeah, 100% yeah. agree. So, yeah, I think the, well, I think the analysis is, 
is pretty simple. If if Zeke is not playing, Tony Pollard can be, you know, a top twenty running back, maybe even a top ten. Um, we haven't really seen much from him, but he does look good so far. And if Zeke's playing, he doesn't really have much of a role, probably. So it's it's pretty simple, you know. Watch what Zeke's what Zeke's doing. Um, obviously, we'll have to see how the contract negotiations go. But if he is not back for Week One, certainly Tony Pollard's a guy that um, if you can get on your roster and have him starting, he'll he's going to give you good points. Definitely. So now we're going to move on to our overrated and overhyped players, um, guys that are going earlier than we think they should in the draft. Um, I can start off with this one. So I have Eric Ebron. So he, obviously, we mentioned that uh, the whole Colts offense is going to be downgraded a little bit because of the Andrew Luck retirement. But And I think that uh, Eric Ebron's stock is going to go down, or his draft stock, his uh, ADP, is going to is going to get worse. But currently, he's the eighth tight end off the board, um, which would be fine if Andrew Luck hadn't decided to retire. But I expect... Um, the ADP to get worse, but he's definitely not going to be anywhere near as productive without Luck, and I really wouldn't draft him in a normal size league. Like, he was not very good when he was in um, Detroit. Detroit, yeah, Detroit with with Matt Stafford. So like, yeah, I really, I really just don't see Ebron as being very viable and fancy without Luck. Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree. Uh, as we said, the whole Colts offense just. Just takes a takes a hit with the retirement of Luck, um, and since we're on the topic of the Colts, uh, my first overhyped player is another Colt, T.Y. Hilton. Um, I already thought he was a, a bit of a risk with Luck playing anyway. Um, he's obviously one of the more boomer bust players in the league. He can go off for two hundred and two touchdowns, or he could, you know, toss a goose egg out on any given day. Um, but just looking at looking at the 2017 season in which Jacoby Brissett uh, played, obviously Andrew Luck was sitting out. T.Y. Hilton, his final stat line for the year, 57 catches, 966 yards, and only four touchdowns. Um, you know, he's going to be their number one receiver, but he's, he's just not the same, you know, number one option that he, that he is with Andrew Luck um, with Jacoby Brissett. So he's he's not a guy that I would be targeting uh, at his at his current ADP of uh, the 14th wide receiver off the board. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, T.Y. Hilton definitely it raises a lot of concerns to me, and as you mentioned, that was that was even pre uh, Lux retirement. Um, but similar in terms of wide receivers, um, another overhyped player for me. It is uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, obviously, you know, he's a super talented wide receiver and, um, in fact, is going off the board uh, somewhere around the 16th pick. He's the wide receiver six. Um, I definitely think that's a little high. I'm most concerned about, you know, Antonio Brown's departure um, and the fact that Antonio Brown was driving, was drawing uh, so much um, defensive coverage and so much focus when he was there in Pittsburgh. Um, and Juju was getting, obviously, the second wide receiver and, uh, I mean, second cornerback uh, and uh, wasn't necessarily having that safety over the top as they were kind of shading uh, Antonio Brown's side. So uh, we'll see what happens with Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, he's still going to be a wide, probably a wide receiver one uh, or a 
um, high-end wide receiver too, but I just don't think he is necessarily the wide receiver six off that board. I think he's maybe 12, 13, um, and he's not necessarily worth the draft price that you currently have to pay for him. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And if he can prove himself the season without Antonio Brown uh, with him on that roster, uh, but I wish the best for him, but I just think he's slightly overhyped right now. I know like Cam, you also had him uh, as an overhyped player as well. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, uh, I agree with what you said. I mean, I, I expect Pittsburgh's offense to be, you know, okay with even with the departure of Antonio Brown. Still a big Ben, still have James Connors. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I am also worried about Juju facing number one corners, getting the attention that Antonio Brown um, got the last uh, last year. Um I, I can I can see a world in which Juju, you know, just becomes one of the elite receivers. He's he's got the skill set for the most part. Um, I don't think he gets tons of separation, but he's got great hands. He uses his body really well, um, and obviously has a really good rapport with with Ben Roethlisberger. But um, you, as we said, that that was all with you know for the most part single coverage last year, not getting the attention that Antonio Brown got. So um, we'll have to see. I, uh, but I, I, I agree. I don't, I don't love him coming off the board at sixth wide receiver. I, I agree he's probably, to me, more in the uh, nine or ten, even into the double-digit range. Yeah, I mean, you could make the argument that the, without A.B., he's going to get a lot more targets. But um, if he's not open, he may not be getting those targets and with, with the uh, better coverage. So... I don't know. I think he's he's probably going a little early, but I don't think he's uh, it's that bad of a. That's my opinion, though. I don't think he's like that bad of an ADP. But I also I definitely hear your points and think that they're very valid. Well, my point is that you know um, he's going before Mike Evans, Adam Thielen, uh, Keenan Allen, and honestly, I'd probably take all those guys over Juju Smith Schuster. Um, that's just my opinion, though. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, that's fine. I, I we're gonna have to agree to disagree. I think I, I think I think out of those guys, Keenan and, and Mike Evans, maybe. But I don't know if I'm drafting. Keenan yeah. Now. But okay, let's move on. Uh, I got one. So, Le'Veon Bell is a guy I think is going to earlier. He's going seventh off the board, and the is gonna is the running back six because I think DeAndre Hopkins is the only wide receiver that's going ahead of him. Um, generally in leagues, and so. Right now, he's ahead of guys like James Conner, Nick Chubb, and Todd Gurley. And I just don't trust that Bell's stats stem from purely his talent and not just that offensive line. Because I think that we've seen that every running back that started for the Steelers in the past has performed at an elite level. Like D'Angelo Williams, whenever uh, Le'Veon Bell would get injured, and when you saw again last year with James Conner, he came in and was pretty much gave you Le'Veon Bell um, production. So... Uh, I'm just not a hundred percent like certain that he's just this insanely talented or this, this super talented back, um, and so that just adds a little bit more uncertainty for me. And we obviously know that the Jets' offense is nowhere near the level of that of the Steelers, and no, nor is its offensive line. So um, I just think that there's, I just think that's a little risky to take him as the uh, sixth running back off the board. Um, and the seventh player overall, I just think that I'd rather I'd feel safer with Nick Chubb or James Conner. 
Yeah, yeah I completely would. agree. And maybe yeah. even tossing Dalvin Cook there. That'd be interesting. Yeah. That's someone to also keep that company. Where are you going to stay, Cam? Well, I agree. Um, you know, another thing I would add is, is uh, well, I, I, I think that the Jets offense could can take a, a step forward in Sam Darnold's second year. But um, another point I would add is their, their co- head coach, Adam Gase, I don't have the stat in front of me, but um, he's essentially his offenses have been among the slowest, um, you know, the least up-tempo offenses of the league, running the least amount of plays per game. Um, he's not in a hurry to get to the line of scrimmage. Uh, so that really just, you know, it takes away fantasy opportunities when their their offense isn't humming up and down the field. Um, obviously, that could be different with uh, guys like Sam Darnold and Le'Veon Bell that Adam Gase hasn't had before. But I think that's something to keep an eye on. And and I agree that Le'Veon, you know, he just seems like a bit of a risk um, outside of, you know, the comfortable Steelers offense that he was used to. Um and I think I think we'll we'll get into that in our next segment. I don't want to start giving it away, but uh, what to do after you get kind of outside of those top three running backs? Um, obviously, some people might start looking at Le'Veon Bell there, but um, we'll get there in a minute. My uh, second overhyped player, um, we talked about him a little bit earlier, but I think Damian Williams. Um, you know, was, this is a tough one for me because. It's obviously not hard to envision him, you know, being the number one running for the running back for the Chiefs and, you know, scoring the ball from the one yard line after Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, you know, running down the field and and doing all sorts of things that they do under under Andy Reid. So obviously Damian Williams could be in line for an explosive year, but as we said, I I think Darwin Thompson has a chance to carve into his role. Um, Damian Williams, you know, he was good last year on the Chiefs, but again, I just don't know how much of a product of that is him or just the scheme he is in. So I'm, I'm not sure I, I love him as, at his current ADP, uh, which at the moment is checking in at the 12th running back, you know, ahead of Carrion Johnson, Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones. I think all three of those guys. Uh, even Devonta Freeman behind them have their spots locked up in their offenses. I'm just not sure we have that with Damian Williams. But again, if he is the guy for the Chiefs, I think you're you're safe to draft him um, as is. But I'm just not sure of that. Yeah, he's definitely a boom bust guy. Like a lot more risk than um, carry on Leonard Whitfernet, Aaron Jones, and Devonta Freeman. Um, they're all they're all going to be the guy for sure. And so, yeah, a lot more risk, but he could also be a boom guy. So it's, but I'm not, yeah, you're, I'm not sure if you want to take that risk there. Um, maybe we'll save that for later in the draft. Um, Jimmy, do you have another? Yeah. Uh, over, or, sorry. Yeah. I got another, guy? Yeah. I got another overhyped guy. Um, I'll go first with another wide receiver, uh, Calvin Ridley. Um, you know, I had this feel like people, you know, he was a great player in college for Alabama. A lot of hype coming into the NFL. But for some reason, in my eyes, I feel that people are still uh, focused on that one big game he had last year. And people just have that in the back of their, in the front of their mind. And just continuously 
uh, go back to return to that uh, gain and just think that he can produce numbers like that on a consistent basis. And um, I don't think that's possible. And you know, I think Ju- or uh, and Julio is going to have another great season. And um, Mohamed Sanu is there. Um, Austin Hooper is there as well. Devonta Freeman's going to have a big role with the absence of Tevin, Tevin Coleman. So, you know, again, I'm just I'm just a little concerned about Ridley. I think he's going really high. Uh, he's going around 57. Uh, at the same time, that Tyler Boyd, Michael Williams, Tevin Coleman are all going, and even AJ Green with his. Uh, with his uh, injury, I'd still take them all over uh, Calvin Ridley. I'm just, I just don't necessarily understand all the hype that's uh, that's that's paired with his play right now. I just don't think there's enough proof and enough consistency to really take him that high. Yeah, in order to support all those weapons, you need to have like a like a the offense that they had a few years ago, and it's just not there. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I agree with you. I also, I don't know. I think. I, I think he's overhyped a little bit, but like, I might take him over Mike Williams just because, like, if you just mentioned him as being a guy that's going right around there, like, Mike Williams also has a little bit more uncertainty. Like, he's never he wasn't amazing last year. Um, boomer, he's a boomer bust guy. Yeah, they're definitely a boomer. Those two. Are I'd, ra- I'd rather I'd rather flex Mike Williams though, and maybe a good matchup over Calvin Ridley. Uh, that's yeah. just my. Yeah, I, especially with Melvin Gordon out. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about Peter? Do you even know a sleeper? Or yeah. overhyped person? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I said that earlier. Uh, yeah, so overhyped guy. Uh, I got Allen Robinson. So we've pretty much just been chasing 2015 with him for a long time uh, when he had that huge breakout season. I think it was a second-year player uh, when he was in Jacksonville. And so yeah. Trubisky, like, he was – He's been he was better last year, but he's still inconsistent. And Robinson really did not step up as the primary playmaker that he should have, uh, or he was expected to be. And so, like we really only had one game with over 85 yards um, during the regular season. And Robinson's inflated reputation is pretty much just based on one good season. So um, even like if Trubisky improves a lot, I would not be just surprised to see Anthony Miller surpass Robinson as the Bears' top receiver. Um, ADP has him twenty or has Robinson twenty six wide receiver off the board ahead of guys like Jarvis Landry, Alshon Jeffrey, um, and so I yeah I just like those guys a little bit better, and I think that Robinson's going a little too early. I think we're just kind of chasing a few years back. Completely agree. Yeah. Similar to Calvin Ridley, how we're kind of living in the past based off. I mean, for Ridley, it's it's even less um, less proven games. It's just really that slate of what it was it two or three games last year. Same case with Allen Robinson, how we're chasing that 2015 season. Um, you know, we kind of need to understand the player that he is today. And does he have potential? Yes. Is he a great player? Yes. But um, I, I don't know. With with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback right now, I mean, I don't love Mitch. Like all right for fantasy with his with his running capabilities, but again, uh, I I I'll, our Anthony Miller uh, would have been definitely one of my sleeper picks uh, if I could add a fourth, and I I just don't really like Allen Robinson, especially for the price that you have to pay to draft him. Yeah, I I, I would agree. Um, don't need to dwell on that anymore. But you know, the Bears passing games. They're they're gonna run the ball. They're gonna pound it. Um, 
Trubisky is hasn't proven to be in the uh, upper echelon of quarterbacks. So, you know, I, I don't love any receiver on that offense really. Um, the last, uh, last topic sort of for this overhyped category, Jimmy and I sort of both agreed on it. Um, and it's, it's sort of the Cardinals offense as a whole. Um, obviously the addition of the dynamic duo of, uh, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, um, people are expecting big things. There's talk of sort of a college-like offense that's going to, you know, explode onto the scene once the regular season comes around. Um, obviously, they still have David Johnson. But to me, the offensive line is still among the worst in the league. Um, you know, watching in preseason, Kyler Murray hasn't had much time to throw. Obviously, it's a good thing he can run around and avoid those sacks. But, you know, if, if the offensive line isn't holding up, there's only so much you can do. Um, and I, I just think it's going to take some time for for Kyler and that offense to uh, kind of figure things out. Um, usually under a first-year head coach, things don't always go smoothly. You see that with guys like Sean McVay. Um, as great as he is, it takes a year or two for the offense to kind of figure out what their identity is and what they like to do. Um, so to me, I'm just – I'm not totally sold on guys like David Johnson, Kyler Murray, uh, receivers like Christian Curry, Clay Fitzgerald. Um, I don't love those guys in fantasy at this point. Yeah, and I completely agree. I'm definitely in the same boat. I think this is an entire offense that really has got to pump the brakes on as a whole. Um, you came back to the Cardinals offensive line, which is so important. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray, obviously, as great of a scrambler as he is and as as great of a runner as he is, I mean, I just, I just think uh, I'm a little worried about Christian Kirk. Um, he's a phenomenal uh, athlete, a phenomenal wide receiver, and has great potential. But you know, first year head coach topped with first year quarterback. Um, you know, that that sounds like a little bit of a recipe for a disaster to me. And I'm definitely uh, avoiding Cardinals players as much as I can. I don't have any on any of my teams. All right, I'll talk a little bit. I like, I actually do like David Johnson a decent amount, but um, we'll talk about that more in our next section. Are we ready to move on to our top five? Yeah, let's do it. Peter, all kick right. it off, please. So, why, okay, so why don't we actually just start off with the top three? Because I think we all will definitely have like the same top three, and maybe just go over that quickly. But to be honest, you can't really go wrong with the top three. They're all going to be very good. Um, I'm just going to go through mine real quick. So I have Saquon number one. I just think he's the safest. Uh, that he he was just amazing last year. Um, the Giants really rely on him completely, and he uh, just is insanely talented. No matter how good that offense is, and also he could easily take a step forward since his rookie year and just be even better, which would be unbelievable. I can't imagine how good that would be. But uh, number two, uh, Alvin Kamara, he uh, has been doing it for years, and this year. Uh, the reason I have him above McCaffrey, which is number three, is that he, uh, is for the first time, will not be with Mark Ingram. And so I think that he may even have the larger role than he has in the past because um, they've split it a little. They split in the past. And so um, now with, with Latavius Murray there, 
I don't think he, he's as talented as Mark Ingram, and so Kamara may have an even larger role, which is kind of scary to think about because he's been just dominant in that. Um, I mean, I think he, last year he had a little bit more, a few more touches than Mark Ingram on average, but still, like, if he expands his role, he could be even, he could be so dangerous. And then I have McCaffrey, uh, number three, because uh, he was just really good last year. And especially in PPR, like he catches so many balls, very talented, and super um, important to that offense. But I, I, I just don't like him as much as Kamara or Saquon. But if you take McCaffrey number one overall, you're probably gonna be fine. It's not, it's not an awful pick. All right, well, I can move on to my top three. Uh, we're just covering those for now. Number one, um, funny enough, I actually do have McCaffrey going off the board first. That'd be my one-one. I love. This is, you know, this is primarily uh, in a half PPR, and especially PPR leagues. Uh, if, if you're in a standard league, uh, for some crazy reason, I'd probably take Saquon first. But since we're uh, discussing half PPR, McCaffrey's my number one overall pick. Um, I just love, you know, his uh, pass-catching ability. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he? Pretty sure he broke the record last year for uh, most receptions for a running back. Um, so obviously, exactly, that's correct, right? Yep. Yep. So, I mean, obviously, he's quite a threat coming out of the backfield um, in the passing game. Uh, he really uh, stepped it up in terms of the running game, running between the tackles uh, this past season. And, you know, I'm a big visual guy, and I'm not sure you guys have seen pictures of him, but he put on some weight. He, he <laughs> He's absolutely ripped now. So I'm excited to see what he can do with those extra LBs and maybe, uh, you know, truck over some people. So that's my number one pick. Second for me is is Saquon. I mean, Saquon's, you know, reliable, but the reason why I have him ranked after McCaffrey is really the question mark with the wide receiver core. Um, I'm a little concerned about, you know, OBJ's departure and what that might mean for Saquon. I mean, it could go one of two ways. It could mean increased work in the passing game for him, but it also could just mean, you know, they have to take they uh, add another guy uh, to the box and they're a linebacker inside. Uh, they don't have to, as they don't have to worry necessarily about the outside wide receiver threats. So that's just something definitely consider. And then my third pick is Kamara. Um, you know, with uh, Mark Ingram's departure and Latavius uh, Murray's arrival, um, you know Latavius Murray might take some of the goal line work, but I think Kamara is you know proven. Uh, but he wasn't as if he wasn't as efficient uh, last season. He didn't really. I'm pretty sure he did even. I I can't remember the exact stat, but I'm pretty sure it went along along the lines of something that he didn't have. He might have, he definitely had under five, but he might not have a single run over 20 yards. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I'm a little worried about that. I mean, those big plays are definitely what what can uh, make. Uh, a winner or can determine a win or a loss and really separates the two. So uh, he's ranked third out of those, you know, top tier, top three uh, guys for me. Cam, how about you? I'd love to hear your top three picks, though. Yeah, with uh, number one, as much as I would love to put McCaffrey, I, I went with Saquon. Um, I understand um, the concerns you have about, you know, their offense as a whole, but I just think his volume is the safest. Um, and I, will not underestimate his talent, even if they are stacking the box against him. Um, he's going to get, you know, 20 carries a game. He's going to get targets in the passing game. Um, so I, I just think he's the safest on that end. Uh, number two, I did go with McCaffrey. 
Uh, I could talk about him all day. He's easily my favorite player in the league. But um, he last year he was the Panthers' offense. Um, this year I don't expect that to change too much. There's been talk about the Panthers, you know, trying to limit his snaps. He was on the field basically every play of the year last year. So I don't expect them to do that again. But that doesn't mean taking away touches from him, you know, just using him less as a decoy. They loved to do that last year. Um, But, you know, just trying to avoid him getting hit as much while, you know, still giving him the ball as much as as much as the Panthers would like to do. Um, And then I went with Kamara. Um, You know, you guys talked about the departure of Mark Ingram. But um, but the uh, John Payton did say when he was asked about, you know, potentially increasing Kamara's role, he said uh, the mistake would be that Alvin gets 15 more carries. It's not the direction we want, where we expect to go. Um, Saints running backs coach said that it would be a disservice to him. We don't want to run the tread off the back with him early in the season. You know, this thing's a marathon. Um, So I I don't expect him, his role to increase too much without Ingram. You know, he, he may just, just, you know, get a few more carries here and there. Um, what will, regardless of what the Saints coaches want to say about it. Um, he's a talented guy. Um, just personally, I, I think McCaffrey's a better football player. We could have that argument all day long. But uh, that's mm. the guy who I went with at number three. Well, just to comment on the Kamara thing, I, I to reiterate what I said earlier. I, I don't think that it's – like Kamara's going to take over and get like 15 more carries and take over what all of what Mark Ingram did last year. Uh, I just think that he's going to get a little bit larger role and that can just lead to law because, I mean, I, he didn't have a run greater than 20 yards, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had a reception over 20 yards. And also, like, the eye test, like, that might just be a fluky thing. Like, this, that just happened. Um, the eye test was there. He's still very talented. Um but obviously, you're not going to go wrong with any of those guys. So let's move on to the part that where it gets interesting. So um, number four pick. Do we just want to go? Do we want to do four and five, or do we just want to do four? Just uh, give me your number four, four. Four, four, four. What? What did Cam say? Just give me your number four. Yeah, uh, David I, I, Johnson. I got David Johnson. I know we talked about earlier. You guys talked earlier about like you don't love the Carlos offense, but um, four is not a pick I want to have if I'm in a draft, but if I do, I want to take someone that I know, I want to take a running back that I know will be um, solid at the very least. And he had a very bad season for him last year, but he still finished as the 10th best running back. And so, I mean, I think he's going to be a lot better than that this year. But even if he, he's not, um, even, even if he's, he still is like a very safe guy to have, and I expect him. Um, I just, I just think he's. You want to go very. You want to be safe with the running back position and just get a guy who is going to produce, get you numbers every week. And he also has the potential to just go back to what he used to do. Like he was the best running back in the league for a little while there, at least one of them. And so um, I'm not saying he's necessarily getting back to that. And I don't think he will be as bad as he was last year. But um, any like somewhere in the middle between there, he will be very valuable to you. And uh, I like him at four just because he's very safe and he's a running back. Um, what do you guys think for number four? So my number four pick is actually I'm going a different route. I'm going wide receiver, and it's not DeAndre Hopkins. It's Devontae Adams. 
Uh, he's my number four overall pick. Um, I love the Packers offense with Aaron Rodgers returning uh, to 100% health. Um, you know, with the new coaching, I honestly think that Aaron Rodgers is po- probably going to get his way more of the time, uh, which is good news for the uh, Packers offense as a whole. Devontae Adams has proved himself as as an elite wide receiver in this league, and uh, I'm super excited to see what he can do, especially, you know, with Aaron Rodgers behind the wheel for hopefully the entire season. Uh, and Rodgers does play all 16 games. I I can I see Devontae Adams being the number one guy receiver and and honestly number two like at the lowest so um and this this is in half PPR this is where I'm taking uh, Devontae Adams at that at that number four slot how about you Cam who you take it at number four well just to go back to uh, David Johnson for a second um, I think you can make the argument that last year was you know basically the worst possible scenario for him. The offense was absolutely atrocious, and he still finished, I want to say, around running back 12. He was about um, running back 10, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, somewhere in that area. So, you know, if you want to say that's the worst-case scenario. and Besides, this year, besides injury. On that, but yeah, besides. exactly. Um, you know, that's where you can make the argument that he's only going to get better from there. But for me personally, I did go with Ezekiel Elliott. Um, neither of you guys have him in your top five. Um, and I understand the, the concern, um, but if you know, if you follow the sort of the Cowboys contract saga that's been going on, it does seem to me at least, and maybe I'm just looking through rose colored glasses as a, as a Ezekiel Elliott owner, but to me, it does look like they're closing in on a deal, um, in this somewhat near future. Uh, they did make him a contract offer that would make him the second highest paid running back in the, in the league behind Todd Gurley. I'm sure he would like to be the top paid running back, but you know, that shows that they're not too far off. Um, at least in my eyes. So to me, if, if Zeke is back for week one, I think you can make the argument that he's in the top two, top three, depending on if you want to put him ahead of, you know, McCaffrey and Kamara, um, maybe even ahead of Saquon. But, um, to me, it's, it's just, if I have the fourth pick, I don't love, uh, David Johnson, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, as much as I love, you know, the potential of Zeke playing 16 games um, and being, you know, the beast that he's been for his entire career. Yeah, the, the news came out that I think it was, was it like on Thursday or Wednesday that he was offered that contract? I just feel like if he's going to take it, he probably would. I don't know. He probably would have by now. So I don't, I just no, feel like. I, I don't expect him to take that contract. I just think. They're closing in on a number. Okay. I mean, yeah. I just think there's just so much risk. Because even if he misses like three weeks, that's still taking out so much value from him. I mean, he's so good. But like, I would have a number one overall if he's playing. Like, he's super talented. But I, it's just a lot of risk there. And I, I would rather take David Johnson, to be honest. And to go back to, your, to Devonta Adams, was, was, he, was he the number one wide receiver last year? I feel like he finished there. Uh, in standard leagues, I think he was number one. Okay. I don't know about PPR. So I feel like, I don't know, I just think that last year was like as, like, very, I don't know. I just don't like taking a wide receiver super early, like this early because you can get um, more value later. Because I don't think the difference between, like, uh, Devontae Adams and 
uh, who's the guy like later in the draft? Like uh, Mike Evans. I don't think there's a gigantic difference between those two, but there is a big difference for me between David Johnson and even like Le'Veon Bell. And so I don't know. That's that's my take on 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 that, Jimmy. But no, that's understandable. I, I when I get the whole you know like the the tier system with different running backs and wide receivers, but I just think in any PPR leagues, Devontae Adams' worth is just so high. I mean, you have that for sure. Wide receiver one locked and loaded every single week, and regardless of the matchup. And I don't know. I I think there's there's actually a lot more value at running back than than people intended for this season. I mean, you can grab a guy like Joe Mixon, Delvin Cook on the turn if you're taking if you're taking Devontae Adams. Uh, they might slide to you and. Uh, those are those are two phenomenal running backs that that you can slot in an RB one in my in my opinion. Um, yeah, but uh, who's your fifth overall pick, Peter? Uh, so I actually do have a wide receiver, um, ironically, but uh, I have DeAndre Hopkins, and that's mainly just because I don't love the 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 running backs directly after David Johnson. And so I mean, I DeAndre Hopkins and Devonta Adams, you're kind of like picking between two really good players. I don't, I have like kind of indifferent on both those guys um i'm just picking deandre hopkins because he's done it for so long i mean he's been so good for he had one option i guess that weren't, wasn't great but i really don't mind if you take Devonte adams here but uh i i just think that david john like once you pass david johnson like the value just drops i mean it, it drops a ton at david johnson but even but after him again because like i don't want to have uh like, I don't want to draft Le'Veon Bell, which is often getting drafted around there, some of those guys. And and I think you, you might as well weigh on running back after David Johnson. Well, I guess there's Zeke too, but that's that uh, depends on how risky you want to be. But, uh, yeah, I just like DeAndre Hopkins there because I want to – because I don't love the running backs at that point. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I think uh, Cam and I actually do have both DeAndre Hopkins as well as our <laughs> – a fifth overall pick, so I think we're all in agreement here. I mean, he's a stud wide receiver year in, year out, consistent on um, the Texan offense with with Deshaun Watson at the helm is pretty explosive. Um, you know, there's there's not much more to say. I mean, he's 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 a threat anywhere along the field. I mean, he's a red zone threat. He's he he can do everything. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do this year, and I'm sure he. I mean, I'm. I'm sure he's a, he'll finish within the top three wide receiver, no question. He's a great pick. Yeah, to me, uh, Hopkins and Adams is is splitting hairs between two of the best receivers in the NFL and in you know great situations. Um, in terms I, of fantasy, I, I don't know about talent, but yeah, in terms of fantasy. Yeah, sure. Um, I just picked Hopkins. Just I I just think. He's a slightly more talented than uh, Devontae Adams, and um, he's he's basically just the guy for the Texans. Um, they don't they have Will Fuller and obviously uh, Kiki or whatever you pronounce his name. He got injured. Yeah, Kiki. Um, yeah, so they just don't really have weapons outside of Hopkins. Um, Green Bay, obviously, Adams is is also Rogers' favorite target as well, but. You know, I, I I would be fine picking either of them um, as the first receiver off the board. I actually, I I mean, just the side comment there. I actually, 
think that um, I actually think that Will Fuller. I mean, I'm I'm a little biased. I actually have Will Fuller on my main team, but I I think Will Fuller could actually be very good because he's I mean he, not a ton of he doesn't get a ton of volume, but in the lat he's got and he's gotten injured a lot lately, so that's given DeAndre Hopkins like even more um, targets. But uh, he was really productive as like a deep threat and like a big play guy. And he, and like I think that the, I just think the Texas offense is just really good. I mean I, now now that uh, Lamar's um, injured, it might not be, but the passing offense is just really productive, and it can potentially support like Kiki QT as the third receiver. There are points I think that. There were, there were like some points last year that they were supporting three three receivers, which is kind of crazy. But are you guys not. worried at all with uh, maybe Duke Johnson's emergence that he could possibly? Uh, I mean, we know that he can be explosive as a third down back. Are you concerned at all with his possible, um, you know, emergence and then uh, leading to taking away uh, targets from some of these other wide receivers and maybe? Um, you know, taking away targets, particularly from uh, Will Fuller, who, but not necessarily Will Fuller, but more so probably Kiki Kuti, who's kind of that slot guy for him. Yeah, uh, maybe potentially, but like, because I guess he is more of a pass catching guy than Lamar Miller was, but that because I mean that's mainly what Duke Johnson has done in the past. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see it affecting that much. That's not something I'm super worried about, to be honest. I think that that offense is going to be productive no matter what. Yeah, I think, you know, he's going to be a short-passing guy. Obviously, that's not Will Fuller's forte. And Hopkins is Hopkins. I don't see it affecting him at all. But, um, yeah, there's a chance that, you know, Duke Johnson could kind of be the, the third receiving threat on that team, you know, assuming everyone else is healthy. Awesome. So uh, that concludes our first episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Um uh, we will try to do an episode every week to get you updated on um, what you need to do between the week between weeks and who you want to start, um, potentially who you want to pick up if we get out early in time. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe or follow if you're on Spotify. Uh, a reminder that I mean you're listening on on some form of platform, but you can listen to us on either iTunes or Spotify. And we'll see you next week.